0: So Joe Biden needs a big win. And the only thing he has, he's got one thing, one bullet in the chamber to give you stuff. That's it. And no solutions to any problems. wants to spend a massive amount of money, tax money, to give Americans as much as he can possibly give them. With no work requirement, no nothing. That's what Joe Biden has. So there are two bills, two separate bills. The first one is a trillion two, all right? This is to be spent over five years to rebuild the infrastructure of the United States. And it passed in the Senate by a vote of 69 to 30. And it passed on April 10th, April 10th, August 10th, August 10th, 69 to 30, which means some Republicans voted for it, including Mitch McConnell, the Senate Republican leader. Now, that has to be voted on in the House in order for it to go to Biden's desk so he can sign it and $1.2 trillion, $550 million of new spending, would then go out to rebuild America. I would have voted for it. I mean, if you look at the roads and the bridges and the airports and the ports of call for the ships, yeah, we can do with a facelift here. 1.2, there's a lot of pork in there. I would have pared it down, but it's needed. But Biden can't get it passed because the radical left, led by Bernie Sanders, a senator from Vermont, they say, we're not going to approve this $1.2 trillion in infrastructure spending until you approve $3.5 trillion in giveaways, a second bill. They call it reconciliation. They call it bill back better. Whatever they call it, it's a giveaway, a giant $3.5 trillion giveaway. So the House, the radicals in the House, Ocasio-Cortez, they're not going to vote on the infrastructure bill, the first bill that passed the Senate until they get the 3-5 to give you a massive amount of stuff. They're not gonna get the 3-5. Bernie's not gonna get it, okay? Because some Democratic senators are holding it up. And we've gone over this and over this and over this. So today, Biden's pleading with the House radicals who refuse to support the first bill. Because Biden has to have something. He has nothing in 10 months. Nothing. So he's pleading with them. Please vote for the infrastructure, 1.2 trillion. Then we'll get the other stuff done. Bernie Sanders goes, no, no. And the House, Ocasio-Cortez people, they take a cue from Bernie. Bernie's the big socialist he's the big radical guy. Okay. So let's go over Biden. Now Biden calls this an investment rather than a giveaway. It's that's bull. All right, it's not an investment in anything. As I just said, last year at this time, any American who wanted to work was working and wages were coming up and coming up strong for working Americans. All right? So if you study the Trump economy and I'm not partisan. This isn't partisan. It was a very strong economy under Trump. And the key to it was energy prices were very low and there was no inflation. But now energy prices have more than doubled and there's inflation closing in on 6% a year. It's a disaster. So Biden, I guess, knows this or his people are telling him this. And he goes on television today Um, And the first thing he says is that the bill is going to help senior citizens go.
1: We're going to expand services for seniors so families can get help from well-trained, well-paid professionals to help them take care of their parents at home, to cook meals for them, to get their groceries for them, to help them get around, to help them live in their own home with the dignity they deserve to be afforded.
0: Okay, so the government's going to pay for mom and dad. Now, my mother, I kept her in the home when she had cognitive problems. I paid for it. You know, I paid for it. Now, I know a lot of people can't do that. I understand. All right. And if there is a tax credit that could be given for Americans helping their elderly parents and grandparents, whatever it may be, I would support that to some extent. But that's not what Biden wants. Biden wants to pick up the tab. That's why these numbers are so astronomical. All right, the second one is Biden goes from the senior citizens to the families. Go.
1: We're going to make sure that really, all families earning less than $300,000 a year will pay no more than 7% of their income for childcare. And for a family making $100,000 a year, that will save them more than $5,000 in child care. Okay, so the government's
0: going to pick up the tab for the elderly and the kids and the child. 300000 most Americans don't come close to making that. So that's like everybody. So you just write, tick off your babysitting bills, your childcare bills, your tuition for preschool, whatever it may be, Joe's going to pick it up. Now you just, just, this is ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. Now, when the government spends this massive amount of money, it has to print money to cover. It has to print money to cover it. And when it prints money to cover it, when you have more dollars coming out of the Treasury in circulation, that means the dollars you have and I have now go down in value. That's inflation. Joe doesn't care about that because he knows most people don't understand what it is, but they do understand that they're going to get money for their folks and grant folks and their kids. And finally, and this is the kicker, climate change, $550 billion spent on a theory. On a theory. Roll it.
1: This framework also makes the most significant investment to deal with the climate crisis ever, ever happened. Beyond any other advanced nation in the world, over a billion metric tons of emission reductions, at least 10 times bigger, on climate than any bill that has ever passed before and enough to position us for a 50 to 52% emission reductions by the year 2030. And we'll do it in ways that grow the domestic industries, create good paying union jobs, address long standing environmental injustices as well.
0: Environmental injustice, you know what that is? That means bad houses in New Orleans. That means people who don't have a lot of money living in areas that are dubious. So this is a giant socialist program, and it has no guarantee of doing anything because China and India won't cooperate. Now, next week, I'm going to bring you the numbers. We're compiling them now about the United States under Biden wants to spend $550 million on climate change stuff. Now, he says it's going to grow domestic industries. That's not true. Because as he strangles the energy industry that we have now, the fossil fuel industry, as Biden strangles it, prices go up for business and everybody else. And people are going to be laid off because the windmills and the solar are not ready to replace the gas and the coal. Now, coal, I think you can suppress, and I would. okay, but natural gas, you need it. And regular gasoline, you need it to live, to work. So Biden didn't care about any of that. all right? He, he's almost a man who is so ignorant of reality, and I'm sorry to use that word, but he is, that he is willing to push the entire economy off the click into a depression or a recession for the sake of some theoretical climate change stuff. It's dangerous. It's dangerous to you. It's dangerous to me. Now, I don't care how the far left views this because they want the economy to crash. That is a key to this. Sanders, Ocasio-Cortez, all of these people, they want the capitalistic system to go under so they can replace it with a socialist system. So the more spending, the better. The more waste, the more irresponsible stuff, the more voters depending on the federal government. That's what Bernie wants. He despises capitalism. He hates this country the way it is. He does. So let's sum up. The first infrastructure bill, 1.2 trillion passed in the Senate, but the House won't vote on it because Pelosi doesn't have enough votes to pass it. The radicals are holding out. The radicals say we're not going to vote on a $1.2 trillion until you give us the 3.5 spending bonanza bill. That won't happen. It will not happen. In fact, that Bonanza spending bill is down to $1.75 trillion, Still a colossal amount of wasteful spending. But it's cut in half now, as it stands. That's what's teeing off Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez. That's why they won't cooperate with Pelosi and Biden and vote on the first one. Got it? Does everybody have it? I wish I was in a big hall where you could raise your hand. I think that's the best explanation you're going to get. So I don't know what Pelosi's going to do. She's beating the hell out of the House people now, threatening them all over the place. But Ocasio-Cortez and the other radicals, they're not afraid of her. Okay, so I, I just don't know. Cancel culture update. So Halloween, shaky. The far left doesn't like it. Not exactly sure why they don't like it, because they are scary themselves. And so they should like Halloween. I mean, George Soros is really scary. I am trick or treating as George Soros. Right? I got Monopoly money. I'm going to throw it all over the place. Going to wear a Soros mask. Going to go. I don't think anybody's going to give me any candy for that. I mean, I'll probably get assassinated. Anyway, um, I'll give you the stats in a moment on Halloween. But I want to bring you back to 2004 when the progressive left attacked Christmas. So you all remember I was on The Factor. I saw this going on in some department stores. The employees were being ordered not to say Merry Christmas. And I, your humble correspondent, said, enough. We're not going to do this. So put it on the screen. This is the first salvo, December 7, 2004. This is what I said on the air. All over the country, Christmas is taking flack. In Denver this past weekend, no religious floats were permitted in the holiday parade there. In New York City, Mayor Bloomberg unveiled the holiday tree. And no Christian Christmas symbols are allowed in the public schools. Federated department stores, that's Macy's, have done away with the Christmas greeting, Merry Christmas. I said that on December 7, 2004. And then subsequently, we fought a war against these secular people trying to remove Christmas from the American culture. We won that war. It took a little while, but we won. Roll the tape.
2: Make you talk uh, about uh, the war on Christmas. Yeah. You're sort of the Paul Revere for the war on Christmas. We won the war on Christmas. You won,
0: so it's we official. Won. Christmas right. is fine. And this is it. true. This is the only year. I've been doing this for about 10 years, the only year we have not had a store that commanded its employees not to say Merry Christmas. It's over. We won.
1: Congratulations. Anybody
0: can save any Christmas if they want to. They don't have to. Yeah. So. I'm not, like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good like that. But... but I'm very happy. Thank you. Yes. Congratulations. But you've got to be careful now. Why? Because uh, Patton won, too. And then and the car thing happens. Right. You just that be confused. watch out. <laughs> that's, that's true. I might yeah. have just fulfilled my obligation on Earth. <laughs> right. And this could be my last appearance anyway. Just anywhere. keep your head on a swivel. Right. Congratulations All on right. winning the war on Christmas. And thank you so much All for being here. Right. All right. So that was Seth Myers When Seth was seen. I don't know what happened to him. I used to like going on his program. I mean, we had a lot of laughs. Same thing with Kimmel and Letterman. You know the Letterman history. And I never had a problem with Fallon. But now they're all nuts. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I wish I could speak to them. I would straighten them out. Anyway, one of my allies uh, on the war on Christmas was John Gibson. And he's standing by. I'll get to him in a minute. But I want to set up Halloween. Um, In Melrose, Massachusetts, nice town a suburb of Boston, 10 miles outside of Commonwealth Avenue. Uh, they said, no, no, you can't have uh, kids. Aren't going to be able to celebrate uh, Halloween in the Melrose public school District because some kids can't afford costumes, which is a bunch of garbage. We all know that's crap. I mean, my parents never bought me a costume. We made a costume. I right? a little devil. You put a little ears on you got a little red thing. You go out and you're the devil, put a little stuff on your face, whatever it may be. So this is garbage. And then the same thing happened in Seattle. Um, the pumpkin parade at the uh, Benjamin Franklin Day Elementary School canceled, all right, because of the racial equity team at the school said, no, 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 can't have Halloween. East Landing, Michigan, East Lansing, Michigan, can't have Halloween or Valentine's Day celebration, Valentine's Day celebrations in the school. And it's on and on and on and on and on. It's across the country, from Boston to Seattle with East Lansing in between. So what the deuce is happening? So here is the aforementioned John Gibson, former Fox News analyst. He's coming to us from Valley View, Texas. He is the author. He's a novelist now. So Gibson's a novelist, all right? And his latest book is O.J.'s Knife, A Mickey Judge Mystery. Wow. Now, I'm going to read Gibson's book. I have not read it. And then we'll have him back on. That's a little ominous, that cover there, Gibson. That's a good Halloween cover. So anyway, you were you were my ally and you wrote a book uh, called The War on Christmas, How the Liberal Plot to Ban the Sacred Christian Holiday is Worse Than You Thought in 2006. Can you apply what was happening back then to the Halloween stuff now?
2: Sure. I I mean, I think what they're doing is chipping away, Bill, uh, at one uh, one tradition after another, trying to take us down to year zero, eliminate all these things and institute a, a cultural world of their own, of their own making. I don't even know what it is, but I suspect uh, you and I wouldn't recognize it. And this Halloween is under attack right now because it's the next one up. Uh, earlier in the month, it was Columbus Day. Before that, it was the 4th of July. Before that, Christmas, etc. And I keep chipping away at these things, trying to eliminate them. Look, it, it, to some degree, they're successful. I... I I noticed in the latest YouGov survey about Halloween, uh, African-Americans are the largest group opposed to Halloween in this country. And so little by little, they they are making inroads uh, to a future world that uh, you and I wouldn't recognize. And we can hardly even predict
0: what it is they have in mind. Did that YouGov thing say why some African-Americans oppose Halloween?
2: Well... you get the impression that uh, some African-Americans think it's too expensive to go out and buy all that candy and hand it out uh, and, uh, and you know, too expensive to you know, make up a fancy costume for their kids. Uh, they didn't get I into, can't
0: believe you know. that. I, I just can't believe I it. I know a amazing. lot of African-Americans, their kids love Halloween. I mean, yeah, you know, it what is this? 20% what is, is this? What India? Are we living in India? That's what they want you to believe. We're living in India, where the people don't have enough money all right, to give their kid a, a little costume and to give people Snickers one day a year. It's insane. This is a lie. It's not, I don't think there's one human being in the country that can't afford Halloween. Not one. Maybe the homeless people who don't have a door you can go to the trick-or-treat, you got to go to the tent or under the bridge. I don't know. Um, But this is just insane. I think what it is, John, is an attack on American tradition, as you pointed out. That's true. But it's trying to say to a certain segment of Americans, whatever your country embraces, no matter what it is, is bad. Because the Mm -hmm. progressive socialist movement has to convince the majority of Americans that this country is awful and everything has to change. I think that's the overarching on it.
2: I do too. I mean, that, that's exactly, this goes back to the 1619 Project and CRT and all of that, that that they're trying to teach in school. America is bad. Let's start with the foundational premise that uh, American history is a history of bad people doing bad things, and they're mostly white. And now we're going to start all over and build new traditions. Once again, I don't know exactly what they are. I suspect they're collectivist. I suspect that uh, we've we've seen uh, hints of it in the past uh, and I suspect
0: they don't even really know. Maybe they they don't. It's based on Mao. Mao's cultural uh, revolution in China wiped out every vestige of Chinese history. And Chinese is rich history. It has wiped it all off the map. And then they just put in what they wanted. So we'll have a Karl Marx Day, an Ocasio-Cortez celebration, a Bernie Sanders Day, what a Che Day. That rhymes. We'll have a Che Day. We'll all run around in little berets uh, and uh, try not to get shot in Bolivia. So yeah. I want to ask you a question. Now that I have you here, because I haven't talked to you in a long time, and we're glad you're doing well down in Texas. Um, do you watch cable news? You're one of the pioneers along with me and all of that. Do you watch it now? Do I have to confess? Yeah, go ahead. I don't. So you don't, across the board, you don't watch it? No,
2: I mean, I, I so often I check in, but I do not watch it daily as I did for years.
0: And Why not? Uh, and, Why don't you watch?
2: Well, because no matter what side we're talking about, they're so predictable. I turn it on and I say, well, I, w- I heard this last week. If I watched yesterday, I would have heard it then. And it, it just goes on and on and on. And, uh, you know, I take blood pressure medicine. I don't need it to go up anymore <laughs> than it is already. Uh, so, no, I don't watch. I've been so, watching that
0: medicine. bottom line, you think it's boring? Yeah. That's what I've been saying. I've been saying that the everybody thinks it's ideology. And no. I don't. I don't think it's ideology. I think it's just bloody boring, as they would say in the British Isles. Because yeah, boring. I, I, right. I mean I try on this broadcast every day and on my radio broadcast to bring in new things. I mean nobody's gonna do the war on Halloween, the war on Christmas with John Gibson. Nobody's gonna no. do that. And I got no. another story coming up after you that no one will do. But yeah. I try to be, and I try to bring some entertainment into it. All right, not just a pound and pound and pound on whatever ideology of the day is. Um, So I think you're right. Um, But we're glad you're healthy. We're glad you're living well out there in Texas. And uh, I'm going to bring you back from time to time if you don't mind. I'd love it. Thank you. Okay. The book again is OJ's Knife. Get it on Amazon. A Mickey Judge mystery. Whatever happened to paying your own way? Whatever happened to that? Okay. Now, I got to tell you, I never borrowed a nickel from anybody. I paid my college as I went, okay? I painted houses, and it was hard work. And I made a lot of money painting houses because I worked like an animal. I didn't borrow any money. I never had student debt. I worked, and I worked, and I worked, and I worked, and I worked, okay? The amount of jobs, I I drove a cab. I was a water safety instructor. I worked at Carvel. I mean, from from 10 years old on, I was working. And my father drummed it into my head, save as much money as you can, which I did. Okay? So I was able to get through. But the only person in my entire life who ever gave me any money was my elderly grandmother. And I didn't even want it. But she gave it to me, and she wasn't going to spend it. So I said, okay. Uh, You know, I took a few bucks from my grandma. That was it. Uh, you know. And I am proud of myself. Because I... Made it on my own. No help. So now I see these people walking around. Not all of them. Some people need help. And I'm more than happy to give them help, as you know, in my charitable foundation. I give away millions of dollars. There was an item yesterday in the Cindy Adams column in the New York Post where Sean Hannity, Geraldo Rivera, and Bill O'Reilly given $50,000 each to Geraldo's charity for autism. Okay? I'm happy to do that. These autistic kids, they need help. And as much of the help I can give, I'm going to give. You know the veterans, you know Independence Fund, you know Brothers Keeper, you know all that, okay? I'm I'm pleased to do it because I know people need help. And I want the government to have safety nets, I do. So if you're elderly and you're ill and and you don't have a lot of assets, government should help you. If you're a child and you have bad parents and and, uh, you don't have a book in the house and you're getting cuffed around, you're being abused, Government should help. Absolutely. But if you can work and you're going, give me money? No. You're a heroin addict? No. You're an alcoholic? No. You don't get it. Sorry. You're not entitled to it. I'm not giving it to you. And these people taking my money in Washington, D.C., doling it out to those people, that's a crime, in my opinion. That's a sin. They don't deserve it. These beggars all over New York City, they come up to me, I go, hey, you know how many jobs there are open? Look at the signs. Help wanted, help wanted. What's the matter with you? You know, these are males, 30, 35, and they just shuffle away. I'm lucky I don't get knifed. I'm not giving them any money. Oh, I'm hungry. All right, fine. Go wash some dishes. They'll give you a free meal. Nothing wrong with that. Now, there is a percentage of our population who think they're entitled to money and free health care and free daycare, and free this and free that because they don't have a lot. All right. I'm sorry you don't have a lot. I wish you did. But there are ways to get a lot or at least get enough to get by. You've got to develop a skill and work hard and obey the law. That's what do you have to do? You're unwilling to do it. Don't ask for my money. That's what this Democratic Party stands for. And that's the only thing it stands for. Give, 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 give. So they vote for us. And that's what Biden is doing. He's got no plan. He can't solve any problem. He's making this country worse. Everyone's suffering because he's president. Do we get this? Do we get it? He's incompetent. Okay. So now, with all of this giveaway stuff, there is no work requirement attached to any of it. So you get it, but you don't have to give anything back. You don't have to look for a job. You don't have to get training. You don't have to go to school. You just get it. New York Times is the one that champions this. Throw that op-ed on the screen. This is from a woman named Bryce Covert, a far, far left person. She writes for The Nation. This is what she says. The not-so-subtle racism of Trump-era welfare form. That's the op-ed title, okay? Ignore the platitudes. Work requirements have never been about helping the poor or unemployed. They've always been about punishing black people. It's cruel to demand that people work to receive help they need. Everyone of all races should remain exempt from work requirements. This is their philosophy. You people, for whatever reason, who don't want to work, you don't have to. We're going to give you stuff. I mean, look, how can you be a far left person with that philosophy? How? Jeez, I, I, it's just—and when I raise with my liberal, liberal friends, they have no answer. No answer. And I know real smart liberals. They can't answer. Well, oh, was the sick people? I know we covered that. Sick people, you have to help. Okay. So you may remember Bill Clinton back in 1966 passed, all right, a welfare-to-work bill. It was a charade, but Clinton got behind it because back time in 96, Americans had risen up and they said, look, enough of this. I wish that would happen again. That's why I'm doing this segment. But anyway, the bill passed and it required recipients getting government money to begin working after two years of receiving benefits. You got a two-year freebie, but then you got cut off If you weren't looking for a job you had to prove it okay so that's what happened back then let's go to Chicago totally out of control violent city everybody knows it there's no doubt about it no two sides of the story now uh, Chicago is poised to create the nation's largest guaranteed basic income program basic income this isn't an income this is a giveaway so The Chicago City Council will vote tomorrow on whether or not, and this will pass, to give $5,000 to low-income households every year. Okay? Now, they're chosen at random. They can't do it for everybody. Random, yeah, okay. So there'll be 5,000 households getting $500 per month. I'm sorry, $500 per month. And this is a giveaway. So You don't have to do anything for the city of Chicago. You don't have to rake some leaves or clean up or do anything. You just get it. I guess they're going to put their name in the hat and pull it out. I don't know how they're going to do it. Okay, But this is what socialism is, what they want. Now, where is that money coming from? It's coming from Biden administration. It's coming from the American Rescue Plan after COVID. So Chicago got a huge infusion of money, just like most major cities, and haven't spent it. Because what are you going to spend it on? All right. They won't hire more cops. Crazy. So that's so it's my money and your money going to Chicago to give to people who aren't required to do anything. Awful. All right, here's a story no one else will do, and and you can participate in this story. So you know the guy Prince, rock uh, icon Prince. Um, He put on the best halftime Super Bowl show I ever saw, and I'm not a Prince fan. Okay, I'm not a Prince fan. He was phenomenal at that halftime show. So uh, Prince is a pop icon. There's no doubt about it. So now Amy Klobuchar, the senator from Minnesota, the Democrat and others want to give Prince the Congressional Gold Medal. All right. So what's the Congressional Gold Medal? It is Congress's highest expression of national appreciation for distinguished achievements. And over the years, beginning in 1776, 163 Americans, 161 Americans, two foreign born, have been awarded the Congressional Gold Medal. Here are some of them who have gotten the gold medal. George Washington, Andrew Jackson, Ulysses Grant, Walt Disney, Winston Churchill, John Wayne, Frank Sinatra, Rosa Parks, Pope John Paul II, Ronald and Nancy Reagan. They all got the medal. OK. So we can debate this on whether they were worthy of getting it. Frank Sinatra, after reading Killing the Mob, I don't know if you would vote in favor of Frank. And I hope you do read Killing the Mob. Um, Jackson, tough on the Native Americans, did some good things, very tough. Uh, otherwise, the names uh, are pretty good. So. I then started to look at the achievements, because that's what this is based on, distinguished achievements of Prince. And uh, he, when he died, was worth $163 million. Pretty good. 47 Billboard Hot 100 singles, 19 top-selling albums. All right? So he was born Prince Rogers Nelson, 1958, 5'2", Jehovah's Witness, And he died on April 21st, 2016, of a fentanyl overdose. So Prince was a drug addict. You just don't take fentanyl. It's the most dangerous drug on the planet, unless you are a person who thinks they can cheat the devil and knows about narcotics. Okay, Fentanyl, that puts you in the ground. And that's what happened to Prince. So the question then becomes, should he get the Congressional Gold Medal? Now, Amy Klobuchar, she says yes. Put put the reason. Here's Amy's reason. Like so many, I grew up with Prince's music. I was always proud to say he was from Minnesota. The world is a whole lot cooler. I don't think she's talking global warming there. I think it's just a slang expression cooler. But maybe I'm wrong. Because Prince was in it. He touched our hearts, opened our minds, and made us want to dance, unquote. So, <laughs> excuse me. Because Prince made Amy Klobuchar want to dance, and I'm trying to picture that in my mind, he should get the Congressional Gold Medal. I'm saying no. I'm making a good Prince. Again, I, I, I loved his halftime show, but I, I'm, I'm saying no. So what we done here, because I want to know if I'm crazy or whatever. BillOReilly.com has polls. So that's the poll question. Should Prince get the Congressional Gold Medal? Yes or no? And we would like the millions of people who watch me to go to BillOReilly.com. You don't know, have to be a Premier or concierge. Remember, anybody can vote in these polls, okay, and say yes or no. And then write me, Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com. Tell me why. Am I being too harsh on, on Prince? Maybe I'd, I'd like to hear your opinion. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. So Middlebury College in Vermont is an excellent academic school. It was started in 1800. I actually took my son there to look at it. And we were there for about 20 minutes and we saw how crazy it was. Crazy left and we said, "Mm, it's nice, but no. Okay, so now... The director of counseling at Middlebury College is a guy who hates white people. His name is Dr. Alberto Soto. Now, I don't know him. I'm only saying that he hates white people because of what he said. I'm going to quote him now. So maybe he doesn't hate white people. Maybe I'm being unfair to Dr. Soto. But explain this. Put it on up. Quote, at some point, says Dr. Soto, we must address and identify the source of all our psychic suffering, which is whiteness, heteronormality, patriarchal systems, et cetera. So the source of all suffering, whiteness, and heterosexual people. Okay. That's the guy in charge. Of counseling at Middlebury College, Rutgers University, State University at New Jersey. Okay? So they have a woman teaching there, an associate professor in the Department of Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies. Okay? Her name is Brittany Cooper. All right? So what does Brittany say? Quote, throw it on up. I think that white people are committed to being villains in the aggregate. White people's birth rates are going down because they literally cannot afford to put their children, newer generations, into the middle class. It's super perverse, and also they kind of deserve it. (laughs) Now, that is so insane, I can't even begin. But you guys who live in New Jersey, you're paying taxes, state taxes, that goes to Rutgers to pay Britney Cooper's salary. (laughs) And that's why the country is a mess because more colleges are crazy
3: than are not college than are not crazy Hey guys it's Vivek Ramaswamy here inviting you to listen to my podcast Truth we just relaunched it after the campaign and we are already riding up the podcast charts here's why I think that hard in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere.
0: Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. All right, Sunday's Halloween, and Saturday night parties everywhere. Uh, It's for kids. I got to remind some adults that, yeah, you can have fun. You can... Dress up like Anderson Cooper or whatever you want to do. I don't, it doesn't matter me. But it's really for kids, and I hope you're generous when they really trick or treating, and and I hope you're, you know, have a good time because it's the second most important kids' day next to Christmas. So I, when I was a urchin out in Levittown, I mean, it was just thousands of kids. We had such a great time going around. We made our own costumes. We were spending big bucks on it. All right, we had our little bags, and then. We go and have some laughs and go, ow, you know, that kind of thing. It was really a magical time for all the kids. And there were some idiots who, you know, threw stuff and all of that, but not many. And now kids love Halloween. They, they just think it's, it's uh, a different day, it gives them something exciting to look forward to. And these woke monsters trying to ban it and trying to diminish it. You know, this is, again, we want to break every American tradition down. And now Halloween's all over the world, but we started it. It was actually started in Ireland by the Celts, but they didn't really get it together like we did here. And uh, Britain, they have Guy Fawkes Dave, some guy who blew up a jail. I don't know. I was over there. I can quite figure out what that was. But it's the same kind of concept, uh, mischief. But here, uh, you know, Halloween is big. It's big from Seattle to Key West. Well, I shouldn't mention Key West. That's not where you want to be for Halloween. Hey, go a little overboard down here. But anyway, all right, I'm a Halloween defender. I don't feel as strongly about it as I do for Christmas, but I don't want these woke monsters, and that's what they are, creatures from the Dark Lagoon. I know it's the Black Lagoon. Now, I'll give you one tip. You want a scary movie for yourself. The scariest movie ever, The Exorcist, based on a true story. Now, I don't like these slash-stab, gory, cannibal zombie movies. All right? I don't think they're scary. I think they're gross. I never watch them. I think they're stupid. But I remember being uh, nine years old, sitting in the Westbury Movie Theater on Long Island, 25 cents to get in. I was there with my friends. It was a matinee on a Saturday. And they had a movie, The Curse of Frankenstein, put out by Hammer Films in England. Starring Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee as Frankenstein's monster. I got to tell you, that movie scared the bejesus out of me. (laughs) I was sitting there going, whoa, what is this? Because I had seen the original Frankenstein with Boris Karloff. Like, okay, it wasn't scary. You could, like, hit him with stuff and run away. He could never catch you. All right? So Boris, no. This guy... Christopher Lee, this guy can move, right? And I'm going, ooh. And I, very rarely do I have nightmares. And I love those 50s and 60s horror movies, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Them, Amazing, Abominable, Snowman, whatever they, I love them. Attack of the 50-foot woman, who was like, one scene 50 feet, and then the next scene she was 10, kind of varied in height, but I loved them but I was never scared by them. I mean, the giant praying mantis. All right. I get a little raid and that person, that mantis is out of there. But Curse of Frankenstein, (laughs) a whole different deal. And then they have the horror of Dracula, this hammer. They just, you know, put them out, put them out, put them out. And they're all pretty funny, pretty amusing. So anyway, that's my tip. If you're looking for something to watch, it's around. I hope you have a nice Halloween. Be nice to the kids. Have a great weekend. Check in with us. New column Sunday noon. We'll see you on Monday.